What's shaking, YouTube nights? Welcome to the Cover Price Comic Book Shakers of the Week for May fifth, two thousand twenty-two. Mm -hmm. So happy Cinco de Mayo, and it's also Revenge of the Fifth Day. So uh, we're gonna probably uh, mix it up for a little bit for you. Play uh, a little Star Wars and perhaps some Latino music.
How can you have people right. in a good mood for that? Huh? <laughs> that's that's, that's right. That is awesome. If that doesn't get you hip shaking, you're not alive, man. Have happy Cinco de Mayo, or uh, what other people say is Mexican uh, St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> it's an excuse for happy everybody to go out. Cultural get, appropriation day. The everybody. day that everyone yeah, exactly is right. Yeah. Everybody go out to get gets drunk. Dark Side Jedi, say what's good to people. Hey, 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 Dark Side Jedi, saying what's up. Thursday, man. Shaker's list is full of goodies. Let's get into it. Gabe, say what's good. Yo, what up, everybody? Hey, Cinco de Mile, great list. Uh, save your Doctor Strange spoilers for someplace else, though. Like, let's yeah, please, that, yeah. that please. Clean. No spoilers. Um, I will give my reaction to the film. I literally got out of the theater just 20 minutes ago. I was hurrying home <laughs> to get ready for everything. Um, but I will say this, man. It is action-packed from beginning to end. Um, yeah, and I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, full-on cosmic supernatural horror. Yo, I dug it. Really That's dug awesome. it. That's awesome. I can't wait uh, to this see shows, it. Yep, this show is sponsored by our friends at CoverPrice.com. Price slides, collections, and trends. Uh, this here Shakers List uh, and uh, everything else, man. Also from Key Collectibles, Forge, Facebook.com, Instagram.com, Key Collectibles for your slabbing facilitating and pressing needs also our friends over at KRS Comics use discount code LOTLB to save 10% off any KRS Comics exclusives and uh, this is dropping tomorrow and this is absolutely badass yeah wow Death Dealer number one Shannon Mayer exclusive variant drops at 5 Eastern 2 Pacific so make sure you head on over and do that uh, there's still some of these Star Wars left actually well, wow. maybe 22 is more correctly uh, the one on the left is actually a foil um, oh, that's so awesome. uh, yeah so hop on that if you can so once again please no spoilers if anybody sees it uh, call them out and we will ban them but for life yeah. Yes, see the film though. It's uh, it's, yeah, it's a lot. But here we're talking about shakers this week, man. This this looks at the big sales or interesting sales that kind of hit the shakers list, and uh, it's always a little bit odd of what uh, we come up with, you know. And then uh, what later on after we go over these ten, we'll see what's shaking today. All right, but we start off with number one, kind of a wouldn't shouldn't be a surprise, but uh, what do we got for the first one? Yeah, I'm not surprised to see this on the list. Uh, this is Batman 232 from back in good old 1971. And as you all know, I'm sure, just last week, the comic book community lost another legend, Neil Adams. From the creation of the iconic Jon Stewart to his influential role in revitalizing Batman's darker tone, Neil Adams still found the time to champion the rights of freelance and comic book creators. Most significantly, Adams fought for the recognition of Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster as the creators of Superman. If that wasn't enough, Adams, in partnership with writer Dennis O'Neill, created one of the most notable antagonists in the Dark Knight's mythos, Ra's al Ghul. A 9.8 copy of this book has not sold since March of last year, when it sold for $8,000. Being that there are less than 70 copies of a 9.8 in the CGC census, this book rarely comes up for sale. However, its most recent sale of a 9.8 has made a tremendous reemergence, setting an all-time high of $22,000. Rest in peace, wow. Neil Adams. Yeah, so it's, I, you know, 
obviously rest in peace, uh, Neil Adams, but it was also Denny O'Neill who really set kind oh, of the, the writing. Oh, right, tone. right, the writing, yeah, the darker of this tone of Batman. It was Denny O'Neill and you know, and Neil Adams that kind of you know took him from campy Batman to the the darker version that we know now. And uh, to this day, I still don't know if it's Razagul or Rajagul because I've seen it on the movies pronounced one way and on Arrow pronounced one way. And it's Raj, like, all right, Raj. you know, yeah, no. Ross, Raish, whenever, you know. I think so, Daniel Neal says Raish. So that's what I'm going to go yeah. by. Yeah. It was like Ray's or Raz. And, and it's funny because obviously he was, uh, uh, you know, part of uh, – was it Arrow or one of the other CW shows? Arrow. He was in Arrow. Yeah, and they called him one thing, and then when he was in Batman, um, the Nolan films, um, they called him something else. Uh, right. So it's like, all right, go figure. All right, so Batman issue number two thirty two from uh, June first, nineteen seventy one, nine point eight twenty two grand. Wow. wow. Rest in peace, Neil Adams. I'm eight. This I'm one, a point eight away. <laughs> yeah, uh, this one is definitely an offer and something that I never knew. All right, we're talking about uh, Ebon number one here on uh, Shakers number two from San Francisco Comic Book Company, 1970, our second 70s book so far. As one of the only two black men in the small press industry back in 1970, creator uh, Larry Fleurer's self-published book Ebon features the first comic book with a black superhero in the lead role. Keep in mind, while Black Panther was introduced back in uh, Fantastic Four number 52, his solo series uh, didn't come out until 1977. Ebon uh, was a Superman-type character that received his powers from an alien heart transplant. In this issue, he, also gave, he was also given the tagline, the world's boldest black man. However, due to this low representation of black creators and characters in the industry, and a uh, predominantly white comic book buying audience, only a hundred estimated copies were printed with no second issue. We, uh, with such a low print run, this week's big raw sale of $1,675 feels totally, totally undervalued. While this is, while this is an incredible tough book to find, Fuller and Ebon were highly influential trailblazers for the comic book market, and he didn't just stop there. Uh, as a supporter of LGBTQ rights, which was also very rare in the 70s, uh, Fuller also went on to create the first homosexual comic titled Gay Hot Heartthrobs uh, and help share Fuller's story and give him the exposure he so greatly deserves. That's some great vintage there. That's some great yeah. information. I Shout wonder out if black this... comic lords who interviewed yeah. Larry Fuller about a year ago. So go check out their YouTube channel, man. Uh, you know, fellow lords, what are you going to do? But yeah. only a hundred of these things exist? That's, That's amazing cr- to me. Yeah. Uh, and how many you know, still are around, you know, 50 years later, too? I mean, I mean, look at the copy that we that we had to put up. I mean, you know, you know, where the hell can you find? You know what I'm saying? It's like, where, you know, I mean, it, it almost looks like I don't even know how they made it, but you got to think of San Francisco in 1970 was very, um, you know, just the ending of Summer of Love, right? You know, and then, you know, the move of, you know, the Black Panther movement in Oakland right across the bay. 
uh, obviously in San Francisco, you still had like you know the, Ashbury the, Street and all that stuff. Yeah, too, right? Ashbury, and exactly. then the gay community too. So it's like an amalgam of all these different things that this you know the the creators drew from. So I mean that's a that's a crazy bit of history. So Ebon number one from the San Francisco Comic Book Company. Jesus Christ, I ain't never heard of this. That's why I watch, watch this chicken show. You learn something every week. Yeah, all right. I love it. Next up, I think everybody's got a chance to get on the board. Yeah, here we go. It's the Edge of Spider-Verse number two, but this is the second print. And um, the second printing of Edge of Spider-Verse in a 9.8 just sold for a cool $900. The last time this issue in a 9.8 was sold for $685 back in January. Um, This issue is the first appearance of Gwen Stacy as Spider-Gwen or Ghost Spider or Spider-Woman, whichever you prefer, I guess. (laughs) The original cover had a red bar with the issue number and creative team. This second print is in blue. While the second print is not sought after as the first print, it is steadily increasing in value. This issue went on to have five reprints, and unsurprisingly, this character has already become a fan favorite and appeared in Sony's Into the Spider-Verse movie back in 2018. The fair market value for an ungraded issue is about $145. As the release of Spider-Verse sequel approaches, expect to see this comic rise in value. Yeah, I meant, uh, I think we had the fourth print on the show maybe a week or two weeks ago. So people are just buying up uh, multiple, you know, the other prints because, you know, the first printing was, you know, Obviously, you know, people were just like, you know, that one, then and that damn uh, variant by uh, Greg Land, which is, uh, yeah. Oh my God. We even had that, uh, Tim, that you gotta error stop talking about that. too. You're going to yeah. drive yourself crazy. Yeah, because I sold mine. It pissed me off. Anyway, Edge of Spider Verse, funny <clears throat> thing. Um, you know, Haley Atwell, who plays the Hawkeye, also is the voice of Spider Gwen or Gwen Stace or Spider Gwen in the animated. Uh, comic or animated movie if you didn't know that Haley app or excuse me um god what's her name yeah <sighs> i just brain for not Haley atwell because i just <laughs> yeah that's captain carter um yeah the, the, the chick from bumblebee uh who played in hawkeye um uh jeez something in the live chat you know i'm drawing a blank too. i know it's Haley. i think it starts with an s her last name steinfeld yeah. steinfeld steinfeld yeah there you go yeah uh, so there you go. All right. So Edge of Spider Verse number two, second print from 2014. $900 and 9.8 for a second print. Lord have mercy. All right. Get ready for an offer. All right. So here we go. We're talking this time Fantastic Fears number five from Pharrell Comics, 1954. You know, we love our 1950s horror comics. This book just sold for a Whopping $1,525 in a CGC 4.5. This issue is not only a uh, scintillating example of pre-comics cold horror books. It's also, and most importantly, features the first comic book work um, by artist Steve Ditko. Pharrell Publications was a stable was a, a, a staple comic company best known for capitalizing on horror books. Like a lot of 1950s horror comics, Fantastic Fears is an anthology featuring uh, several spine-tingling tales. Here, Steve Ditko gets his first start in sequential uh, art on a script featuring, on a script called 
Scratching Things by Bruce Hamilton. Ditko illustrates the story of a fella who suffers from brittle bone syndrome and is given a miracle cure to also make his body uh, palatable like rubber. The man murders his uh, physician's savior in order to keep his new rubbery secret. Dickel went on to pioneer such great works for Marvel Comics, such as creating Doctor Strange, uh, helping to establish Spider-Man. Dickel also created Captain Adam for Charlton Comics and did some brilliant work on The Question before creating The Creeper, Hawk and Dove, uh, Shade the Changing Man for DC as well. Anyone who loves comics knows Steve Ditko is a mysterious legend. His work here is well worth this new high sell. That's crazy. That I this seems to be grossly undervalued for somebody's first work and who's a legend in the you know in the comic book community, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I may I, maybe just the hardcore fans know it's his it's his first work, but you know, if you were to see this, you wouldn't probably know it. I mean, never know. Uh, now I, I know, know it, you know. <laughs> But uh, that's pretty cool. Fantastic Fear is number five from 1954. The first work of Steve Ditko. 4.5 for $1,525. A steal, I say. A steal. All right, let's move up to uh, something newer. Yeah. Forgive Me, Father, number two. This is Jeff Ditko, Creature Entertainment from 2016. And if you didn't know, this is the holy grail for the growing ranks of Jeff Ditko collectors. As his star continues to rise, this is the number one book his fans are looking for. Forgive Me Father, number two, cover C, is extremely difficult to find, with copies rarely showing up online. This sale at $250 appears to be a very good deal. A CGC 9.8 sold for the same price in March of 2021, while a raw copy sold at the end of 2021 on Whatnot, for an unreported $365. We spoke with Jeff Deco about this uh, book a few weeks ago, and he mentioned that Creature Entertainment told him that only around 200 copies were made, considering the scarcity and that this is easily one of Deco's best works. The price of this book may continue to break records in the future. Sales of the gun number two, uh, one in 10 variant, have fallen from their highs over of over $1,000, but continue to sell well above where this sold. Currently, Something is Killing the Children, number eight, the one in 25 ratio, is currently Deco's most expensive book. CGC reports 111 copies on the census compared to just nine of Forgive Me Father, number two. There's a Forgive Me Father, um, excuse me, there's a Forgive Me Father trade paperback with this cover as well. And that said, with only around 50 copies ever produced, it's even harder to find than this issue number two, if you can believe it. I'm still torn if it's Decal or Decal. So uh, I think it's you regional. Know. You know what? It's regional. If you live on the West Coast, you can. It's Decal. If you live on the East if Coast, if he's French, you can call him Decal. <laughs> Decal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just sorry. I just been binging the Three Musketeers on Amazon Prime. There's a three. There's a Three Musketeers show on uh, Amazon Prime uh, because I needed my, uh, you know, um, historical fix. Uh, so it's not bad at all, actually. If you if you watch it, check it out. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. But anyway, I digress. Forgive me, Father. Issue number two, Jeff Decal from 2016. All right, uh, this book I see a lot. I, at least I used to. All right, so uh, 
showcase number 79 from dc comics 1968 so currently the trial between between uh amber amber turd and johnny <laughs> depp has created shockwaves throughout hollywood as it plays out in everyone's living room the op-ed that she wrote essentially canceling depp's career and now the tide may be turning on her Unconfirmed rumors are flying that she only appears in 10 minutes of Aquaman 2, which is slated to drop in March of 2023 and has already completed filming. Uh, could Dolphin make an appearance in the movie and maybe steal the spotlight? Well, a raw copy of this book sold for a new record of $275 recently um, on April 26th. While a 8.0 sold for $569 on April 28th, which has which is almost as much as the last 9.0 sell back in 2021. Mirror's boat could be sinking faster than the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, actually, I have this book. I got oh, it graded. Yeah, I got it interesting graded now. Yeah. This is a fun yeah, I book. Like the, it's a really pretty. I mean, like the cover, this picture, the the screen shot doesn't do it justice, but it's uh, real nice. It's got a real nice green to kind of yellow gradient. The green is real sharp. If you like green covers, I do. I just like seeing like the the two scuba guys there flying in. And, and, and I don't like, know, oh, if whatever. It, I'm just pretty, even my cut off jeans. Yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. If, right. uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is true or not. Somebody would have to verify it, but I did hear through hearsay that this is an origin story of Aqualad also, mm, but don't quote me. Don't quote me. You might have to look that one up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I've on this show, we don't do videos about, you know, the Johnny Depp and, you know, Amber Heard trial or whatever. <laughs> this, I was like, who gives a shit, man? Really? Right. I mean, both of them are crazy and deserve each other. Look, you man, know what I'm saying? Look, hey, you live that kind of Hollywood reclusive life. Like these people yeah. go crazy and they just do weird Johnny shit. Depp's a weirdo too. So I, I think just saying? people's lives in general. I think all of us have some craziness in our lives that yeah. we wouldn't want yeah. out in public. But you know, when you get into crazy lawsuits, the yeah. the skeletons come out of the closet and stuff yeah. like that. So showcase number seventy nine for five hundred and sixty nine dollars. Wow! All right. Oh, we got next. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. That's me. Um, we've got Simpsons Comics and Stories number one from Welsh Publishing Group, back in good old 1993. And you have to understand how popular the Simpsons were back in the 90s, especially in 93. Their pop culture influence was immense throughout the 90s. Due to this, the Simpsons appeared in plenty of magazines, and due to their icon status, they were also featured in some form of cameo or reference in comics like What the, number 10, uh, the first uh, cameo of Bart Simpson, and New Warriors, number 27, where the Simpsons appeared as normal humans, not animated. <clears throat> However, their first full appearance is in this comic book, featuring a fantastic Bartman cover. Many instantly think of Simpsons number one as the first, um, which keeps unknowing sellers consistently listing and selling this book for super cheap. Granted, conditions and prices wildly fluctuate. However, this week, a new uh, near-mint raw copy hit an all-new high sale 
of $172. The all-time high sales go to three different 9.8 sales in 2022. There were two heritage sales of $720 and $780 respectively, and one eBay sale of almost $800. So this book is rapidly increasing in high grade, which will only bring up the lower grades with it. So it's amazing how long the Simpsons have been around. I mean, it's really, and how much they grew up, and it's still uh, going. Yeah, the book still comes out too. They still do like the uh, the 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 Treehouse of Horror every Halloween time too, as well. Oh yeah, yeah. It's been one of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons is the Treehouse of Horror. Oh, yeah. that, uh, it was. I mean, if you think about the generation we grew up in with uh, with South Park and The Simpsons, uh, Simpsons were the first animated show to show prime time since I think The Flintstones. Correct me if I'm wrong there. But I remember it was on Fox TV. Remember it was on every Sunday night. It was yep. a, it was a prime Tracy Ellman show. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays you have a ton of you know primetime animated uh, series. Well, shit. But... Now you have an entire Cartoon Network Adult Swim yeah. channel dedicated to that shit. Yeah, but believe it or not, The Flintstones was a primetime show. I didn't know that. Uh, I really didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, wow. from way back when. Believe it or not. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, it, all the I mean all the they were trying references... to like. Uh, steal off of the honeymooners, right? That was the idea behind it, right? Yeah, I mean, if you think about the cultural references for the time, they had you know Rock Hudson uh, on there or some crazy shit like that. And I, as I recall, so <laughs> yabba dabba do y'all. But this is about the Simpsons. So Simpsons comics and stories issue number one from nineteen ninety three and nine point eight. So for eight hundred dollars, seems that seems cheap to me. But uh, I remember this used to be like a like a like a back issue like. Like four dollar book forever. Like this. Well, is the one really I've always seen is that one where you know it's like the um, the Fantastic homage Four homage, the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, uh, the, the radioactive the, man one. Yeah, radioactive man cover. I was just gonna say that one. Yeah, that's the one too that people uh, go out for. That one's awesome because it's, it's glow in the dark too. So yeah. that's that's extra cool. And you know, and it, it bleeds over into really comic book culture because you know the the what's the name of the comic book dude from The Simpsons? What are the they comic book guy? Comic book guy, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's it's so it's so and it's what's funny about The Simpsons is like when something happens, people go, "Look, The Simpsons predicted this twenty years ago," and you're like, "What the fuck?" That's you know, it's still happening now. Yeah, exactly. It's so like, what <laughs> do they have a time machine? Damn. All right, what do we got up next? All right, coming up next is Star Wars, Dr. Aphra, number six. This is the one in 25 ratio Jen uh, Bartel cover. Now, real quick, I'm not a variant person, but this is a beautiful cover. This thing is gorgeous. gorgeous. Hell yeah. Jen uh, Bartel is hands down one of our favorite artists. You know an artist is special when you can immediately tell who the artist is. And Jen is definitely one of those artists. In 2020, Dr. Aphra was just gaining momentum amongst Star Wars fans. She wasn't quite the draw like she is today. Heck, Star Wars itself wasn't even a big comic book draw back then. Uh, That is until The Mandalorian came out. I could totally uh, uh, co-sign that. Today, Star Wars fans are itching to see Aphra hit some form of Star Wars content. As we wait, her key issues are hard to find her key issues and hard to find covers are consistently hitting new aftermarket highs. For example, Bartel's gorgeous one in 25 variant for this issue hit a new high this week of $420 
Raw, which is $150 below the all-time high of a 9.8 that sold in August 2021. Raw for $420. Um, Plus, I like the pose, too. It's a very shapely pose, if if I do say so myself. But, uh, well, I don't know, man. She reminds me of, uh, speak of Haley Steinfeld, that looks like... She might have used her as the model. That looks like I'm very tell- much to me. We've been seeing a lot of these Octa Afro books go up in value, and me thinks there's you know people are buying this up because they know something is coming sooner than than later. You know what I mean? So um, let's go with it. Star Wars Doctor Afro issue number six. Jen Bartel one in twenty five, four hundred twenty dollars for a raw dog. Oof. Damn, that's amazing. All right, let's get some Silver Age up in here. Yeah, baby, 1976. Wow, I have this one, too. Oh, my gosh, that's two. There are a lot of speculation regarding uh, Peggy Carter. And uh, as Captain America, uh, and she's teased to appear in the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness movie in an alternative universe where she takes the serum instead of Steve Rogers. In the trailer, we briefly see her version of the shield and jetpack, which is enough for most to believe she will appear in the movie. With all movie spec-related comics, we have seen a nice spike in sales for Tales of Suspense 77, Peggy Carter's first appearance. A CGC 9.2 recently reached a whopping $1,900, with a CGC 7.0 hitting $750. A graded 5.5 also sold for $385. Raw copies have surpassed $150, with one selling for $215. Based on what this book is currently listed for online, it may be hard to find reasonably priced copies. Um, fairer copies are now listed at over $70, with some raw copies at over $600. That said, check your local store as FOMO and not have caught up there just yet. Yeah, regardless. But it probably of- has. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we all know she's in Into the Multiverse of Madness. We've seen the trailer, um, and I saw the movie. Uh, regardless of what what her fate is in the movie, uh, we already know she's coming. She's going to be back in What If Season 2. So, um, you know, there may be some staying power for uh, Agent Carter or Captain Carter or whatever they yeah, call her. I'm glad to know. see her character stick around. I mean, she was just kind of like a random character, like backup character in the movies. She got her own little TV show that kind of ended. And they keep bringing her back. You know, she's back as Captain Carter and all that kind of stuff. So she's got some staying power, which I'm pretty surprised about. Yeah. If you remember back then when uh, it was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then uh, Agent Carter actually had her own show on ABC. And then they remember that. I mean, that's now I mean, ABC doesn't have any Marvel show. It's kind of crazy. Right. I mean, you know, because I guess Disney Plus has kind of got kind of gobbled all that up. But, you know, um, you know, there was an Agent Carter TV show. Right. That was a. um uh, that was on. there's also an inhuman show too but we don't talk about that oh uh, no we don't talk about bruno uh anyway yeah <laughs> Tales of suspense number 77 from 1966 all right last one on the list what do we got all right this one we got is really awesome uncanny x-force uh number five uh this is the minara variant uh from 2013 we've discussed the spider-man number one variant by uh, mila minara previously as the backlash that it caused frustrated uh, Minara so much that it caused him to quit drawing comic book covers for a few years. Uh, He's done some work for Image and DC covers recently, but has not worked with Marvel since. Uh, These comic books become scarce and scarce as the prices go up 
as the years go on, this Psylocke variant doesn't come to market very often, but a 9.6 sold for 400 and basically 500 bucks on uh, March 24th, followed by a massive raw book sale of, wait for it, $888 on April 27th. Uh, even though he may have uh, he may have skipped out on comics, collectors sure have not skipped out on his art. I don't think you can get away with a cover like this nowadays. Um, and I point you to bet- right between her legs that that drawing area there, that, that bit um, there, that that camel toe. Kind yeah, of thing. I don't. Yeah, I don't think you can, you can get away with that in 2022. That's just the nature of the beast, right? Uh, I mean, hell, I mean, in the 90s we used to have swimsuit issues. I mean, then that's oh. almost a what never the swimsuit issues. You had like almost every female, especially like the, the extreme image things, where all of them had that. Yeah. Well, you mean they even had like the the men in like like speedos and remember that it was like it was like you know uh, I remember Image had one, Marvel had one. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to remember uh, swimsuit issues. I wonder why Marvel had one. I think it was the third one, Um, and it is uh, pretty uh, homoerotic. It's like all sexy men with big rippling abs and. Uh, sweaty muscles and all all kinds of great stuff on that one. So I'm there <laughs> they for definitely need to go for it. Yeah. I'm down for it, man. Um, I was gonna say see what's going shaking today, boys and girls, but I I, I think I'm gonna go throw up actually. Um, oh, <laughs> I've not, yeah, not been feeling well, so uh, I will promise you guys next week. Plus, we're already at 45 minutes. We'll see what's shaking next week. Uh, I'll just give you my quick thoughts on Doctor Strange before we leave. <clears throat> Excuse me, oh, man. I was like. <clears throat> Um, I saw it at three o'clock. What's funny is I saw it at a Regal. All the AMC theaters were sold out, but the Regal by my house is like half empty. But because you know it's not as nice either. But I wanted to see it early so I can you know give you my quick initial thoughts on it. And it's uh, it is bombastic. Um, <laughs> you can if you nitpick anything, you can nitpick anything, right? I mean, there's certain things that they. They don't make a they don't make a big deal of, but I, I essentially it's a Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch story, and there's some really great emotional notes on that. Um, and by far the most sorcery, witchcraft, demonic stuff you've ever seen. This is definitely Sam Raimi, uh, and yes, the old Oldsmobile is in it. Uh, nice. Close, uh, close attention. It's 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 floating in the air in a certain scene. It just really quick. It like two uh, second and you'll miss it. But the Oldsmobile is in it for every Sam Raimi movie. He puts it in there, and the Sam Raimi. Uh, if you're if you're a fan of Sam Raimi, you understand his camera angles, especially if you ever watched The Evil Dead. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So yeah, he does some close ups and weird, weird cool stuff. Yeah, and they, the camera rotates, and so it's very. And the soundtrack is probably one of the better soundtracks of most most Marvel movie soundtracks are kind of like, uh, eh, forgetful. Like to me, I thought the Eternal soundtrack was incredible. I thought they did a great job with that one because uh, that was the same dude that did the Game of Thrones, I do believe. But uh, this is Danny Elfman, and this is a really good soundtrack. I felt because uh, you know most soundtracks are forgettable, except for you know the Avengers theme, which everybody you know. Because but but besides that, you know, um, and uh, we all know Doctor Strange is in, or excuse me, Professor X is in the film. Pay very close attention to the music you hear when Doctor or when Professor X comes onto the screen. I'm not giving away any spoilers because we all seen how it was. Um, and it pushes the limits of PG-13. I will say say that 
Uh, there are impalements. Uh, there are broken necks. There are all kinds of crazy stuff. So if you have like four or five year olds, uh, you know, <laughs> stay, keep this ain't it, man. <laughs> so uh, you know, use your best parental, uh, you know, I would say. But it may scare some of the children with some of the imagery in it. But uh, to me, as a lifelong Doctor Strange fan, I I really I'm gonna watch it again this weekend so I can get a full on review. But uh, it's got Doctor Strange doing spells you've never seen him do before. Which, you know, he, he's kind of been relocated to, like, the same kind of yellow lasso thing. And in, in Endgame was, or uh, Infinity War was the only time we really did something different. Mm. But this one, he does a bunch of different spells. And, yo. Good. Scarlet Witch is terrifying in this movie. That's all I have to say. Elizabeth Olsen did a killer job. Scarlet Witch is downright terrifying in this uh if uh and and when i say the scarlet witch is terrifying you'll know what i mean i didn't say um wanda was terrifying the scarlet witch is terrifying so uh enjoy the movie uh you know enjoy with your friends and then maybe we'll do a spoiler review next week uh once all the guys have seen it and uh, tell everybody what you think i think Otto's Um, there now i'm going saturday I'm, i'm going tomorrow morning for sure Nice. I'm gonna go see it in a AMC like uh, Dolby because uh, I, I saw it in a crappy in a Regal theater that was supposed to be like Dolby 7.1, but you know the seats are like all <laughs> crappy. You know it's a you know it's a hood theater when it's like you ask for a Coke, they go, we, ain't got, we don't have Coke, we have Pepsi. I'm like, oh Lord, I've <laughs> oh, never man. seen like, yeah. But they didn't have a cool. We don't we don't have Doctor Pepper. We got Mister Pib. Yeah, exactly. But they didn't have like a cool Doctor Strange like popcorn tin and a and a Doctor Strange cup. Uh, how much of that? Uh, well, uh, $25. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to AMC because oh. they have better, they have a cooler exclusives over Man, there. So I'm dating myself, but you just reminded me of the cheeseburger, 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 Coke, no Pepsi, or Pepsi, no Coke, or I forget how it goes, but that Saturday Night Live skit with John Belushi. They're oh running the God. hamburger shop. <laughs> yes. Coke, no oh Pepsi. <laughs> All right, boys and girls. Uh, sorry we can't see what's shaking today, but I need to go uh, lay down for a bit. Gabe, any last words? I uh, hope you feel better, bro. Uh, take no, care of yourself, you. everybody. Uh, yeah, save your. Let's talk about Doctor Strange later. I'm super yeah, excited. Everybody, really, really. enjoy. We'll your get the weekend. whole panel on, and we'll do a full-on spoiler yeah. review, spoiler discussion. Man, I mean, man, I, I got spoiled on it before. Like some of the the main, you know, some things that happened in. I've been spoiled. And I'm super excited. I, I'm pissed I got spoiled, but I was super excited for this. I, I got. So I, I was to spoiled too, but it, the scene still. Oh, like I don't care. Like exactly. if you know who I am and what I love, and I, you know, my favorite comic book stuff. Like, yeah, I'm I'm ready for this. Finally, you know, I'm ready to yeah. see it, see what happens. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, so even though the it was spoiled, I mean the scenes are still awesome, and you know, and where it goes from here, and the first end credit scene, love it, love it, love it. Love I heard it. the second one was a was a. You could just leave after the first. You can leave. The second one is just really nothing to do with anything at all. But the sec the first one though has implications in Doctor Strange's universe, uh, in his yeah, world. Yeah. That is. Uh, anyway, Dark Side Jedi. Any last words? Hey man, get some rest. That's my last words. All I'm right, go brother. Lay down right now. If I All try right, to eat everybody. something, I'll probably throw it up. But uh, that might, might make you feel better. Sometimes you gotta just man. throw up and just let it get out of you. Well, I did throw up, but it wasn't out of my mouth. It was from the other end. Uh, the other <laughs> oh, it's coming out of both sides. Don't let it come out <laughs> no, of your just, nose. That's the worst. Yeah, uh, oh God, I've. We can have an old story about when I used when I was young and I got drunk and I drank a forty of Cisco. I didn't know oh. Cisco was that strong. 
I it's thought it was bad wine too for you. That's the worst. Oh, dude, that wine cooler sugary stuff, forget about it. Oh, you my might be thinking like Night Train or, or MD40, dude. Oh, my God. I thought it was a wine cooler. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm drinking 40 of Cisco, man. I was vomiting out of my nose and my oh. mouth. It was like, just, but hey. I've been there. I looked like a raccoon. I had uh, black yeah. eyes because I had bl- popped all the blood vessels. I was throwing up so hard. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't. Seven, I don't. Seven and sevens in... did that to me. <laughs> I Oof. threw up in a bathtub. I don't do it in Oof. the toilet anymore. I can't even smell Cisco anymore. It, it mm. brings back <laughs> bad memories, man. Just a sniff of Cisco, and they still sell it. I saw that oh, at yeah. a yeah, Smart and Final. Mad I was dog. like, Oh, well, you not, no, you only find it in the hood. Like, like if you go to a <laughs> yeah. gas station, you see Cisco, just leave. Like you're in a bad spot. How about them yeah. still reserves though? Oh, or oh, some yeah. hurricane, or <laughs> yeah. or some uh, Boone's Farm for those of you that were drinking. I stop at 15. it, guys! I already told you I stupid problems, man. You guys are killing me, man. All right, guys, we'll see you guys uh, probably Tuesday, maybe Sunday if we have time on Mother's Day for uh, um, Mikey Sun Letters, Long Box, and a Long Term Spec List. But you know, it's Mother's Day, so you know, uh, uh, you know, got to spend it with moms, man. So happy Mother's Day to everybody. Uh, Danny Abara, I, pr- I promise I'm going to send you that message, a uh, special message for your mom. All right. So, uh, peace out everybody and keep digging in them long boxes and keep it strange.